Up World. Your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that now. Also, thanks so much for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every day. It's five days a week, free on all platforms. The only daily Trailblazers podcast coming at you every single weekday. Make it a part of your daily routine. Start your day listening to Locked On Blazers as your very first listen. In today's show, the Trailblazers participated in a basketball game. We'll talk about their participation. And then we'll talk about trades. Uh, I want to spend a little time talking about Amphrey Timons too, but uh, at the end of the show, Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans is going to join the show. He's got his eye on a couple Blazers shooting guards, and we talk realistic uh, paths for the Pelicans to acquire those shooting guards and what they might send back the Blazers in return. But first... Here's your fastest, saddest recap in the West. The Blazers lose 98-81. That's right. They held a team to under 100 points, lost by 17. 98-81 in Oklahoma City. Um, Participation trophy, not a lot else. Blazers led 31-19 after one. And they were still up at halftime. They were they only had 16 points in the second quarter, but it was 47-39. They had an eight-point lead. They led by as many as 20 points in the second quarter. And then it got bad. That was the point at which it got bad. They just scored 14 in the third quarter as they lost the lead. And then they got shellacked to close the game. 33-20 in the final frame. And that's how you lose 98-81. The Blazers scored 50 points in the final three quarters. 31 in the opening 12 minutes. 50 in the final 36. That's your fastest recap in the West. Yuck. Yuck. Um, This was in the running for the worst game of the season. Um, There are certainly some others that lost to the Mavs where they didn't try at all certainly comes up, but I think this was, this might be it. If it is, if it's not there, it's right there. Um, The Pelican or the Pelicans, the Thunder came into this game 14 and 34 losers of seven straight and they were down 20 points. My goodness. CJ McCollum with the Blazers with 21 and 7 assists. Yusuf Nurkic added 14 and 9. Norman Powell had 17. Robert Covington over 5 from the floor. All threes finished with 2 points. Amory Simons 8 points on 3 of 16 shooting. 2 assists to go with 5 rebounds. 5 points off the bench for Trenton Watford. Dennis Smith Jr. added 6. Ben McLemore 4. Greg Brown <laughs> Greg Brown had 2 and had to play in the first half when Trenton Watford uh, had an ankle injury. Rolled his ankle. About two minutes to go in the first quarter. Maybe that's where things went wrong when Trenton rolled his ankle. But um, this was just bad news. <laughs> like, we don't need to dig too much into this. Um, I will say this. This road trip has been very bad in terms of Blazers' effort. Very bad in terms of Blazers' effort. Uh, Houston, you saw it. They just kind of played around, and they they really didn't have it in the third quarter. They kind of just like, eh, whatever, tricked off on the game. Uh, almost, you know, had to win that game late against a bad Rockets team. Uh, did not play defense in the first half against the Chicago Bulls. Gave up 44 points in the second quarter. Um, their offense was was balling, though. They were rolling in that game on Sunday night, and or in Sunday afternoon. And then they come, you know, second night of back-to-back in OKC, and the Thunder are missing Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's their best player. They're, um, you know, they're they're rolling with Lou Dort, who who goes hard. Um, Darius Baisley had a really nice game. Josh Giddy was fine. Trey Mann was fine. Um, and this team, this Thunder team, beats the snot out of the Blazers that just looked um, 
just looked lost on the offensive end. Some of it is as simple as Amphrey Simons misses shots, right? Two of 12 from three. CJ McCollum goes one for six. The Blazers shoot seven of 38 from three. Like, it was just terrible. But if you watch the game, they were just flat and listless. And the defense didn't, the defense didn't give them an opportunity to kind of stay in the game when the offense totally, totally, um, whatever, abandoned them in the second half. Uh, the Blazers defense was fine in the first half. The, Pel- uh, the, the oh, I've called them the Pelicans twice now. i got Pelicans on the brain with Jake Madison joining the show here in a little bit. Uh, th- the Thunder are, were the worst offense in the league coming in, 30th in offensive rating. Um, you know, they... <laughs> They had 39 points at halftime. You hold a team to under 40 in the first half. You should win. You should be up handily. You should be, you should be rolling at least up 15. You know, and and have a chance to put the game away in the first three minutes of the third quarter. And set the Blazers only up eight. And the offense just didn't exist in the second half. They had 34 points in the second half. 50 points in the final three quarters. This team scored 116 the previous evening. Yuck! Yuck! Um, let's. Do we need to keep talking about this? We do. Let me, a couple more thoughts, and then we'll transition to a little bit of Anthony Simon's love, because we're going to hit you with some positivity, baby. Um, A a kind of red flaggy showing Friday, a straight up no show in the first half against, uh, defensively in the first half against Chicago, and then this game where there just wasn't any juice. This is troubling. Um, If you're rooting for losses, this is an important an important loss playing against a bad team and you lose um good for them but if you're looking for process and i think that's more important than the blazers outright tanking the losses are important like i'll give you that um sure if you're if you're chasing ping pong balls this time of year losing to the truly bad teams is good for the blazers absolutely but i think what you want to see from this team um you know now with you know five legitimate nba players in the starting lineup the starting lineup's fine um like talent wise, maybe not fit wise, but certainly talent wise, they have enough talent to be, to be in every game um, until, until they go to the bench and then things get dicey. But um, you just, this is bad process. They're just not playing smart. They're one pass in a shot or they're not able to get free. Like every time it's couldn't get free of Lou Dort and there'd be a lot of dribbling and then the offense wouldn't get into anything or it'd be, you know, they'd run a, they ran a bunch of post-ups early for Nurk, but the pick and roll game never got going. And then they, they didn't go back to the post-ups because they just, they either abandoned it because it didn't work or because they were trying to get a rhythm other places and just straight up throwing it into the post when it wasn't perfect a couple times for Nurk. They kind of went away from it, but too much getting caught in isolation, too much dribbling, too much one pass and shoot. Um, I thought early on they had a couple overpassing possessions where Ant could have taken one from the corner and didn't do it. Um, and CJ had a three that he also gave up, which is a rare moment, but he did. Um, this was just, this is bad. This is bad news. This is one of the worst games I've had. Um, now I've said enough about it. Let's talk about the January that was. There's some actual positivity in the world if you can ignore what happened in this game. I'll try to put it in context in uh, the second segment. Before we do that, let me tell you all about TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax live experts, that's what makes things interesting. TurboTax has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or straight up do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your how unique your situation might be. And you can talk to TurboTax live experts through your phone or your computer without leaving your house. It's right there for you. TurboTax live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them and they'll do it for you. TurboTax live experts 
An interesting life can make an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. You can save time and money when you're using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Instead, Choose Rock Auto, the family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are always reliably low at Rock Auto, and they're the same for all customers. Whether you're a professional mechanic looking for cheap parts or someone working on your car, a true do-it-yourselfer trying to get it done in the driveway. Take, for instance, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump. $353 if you go to a chain auto parts store. $216 at Rock Auto. Save time, save money, go explore their easy-to-use website and find a solution for your auto part needs. That's rockauto.com. Go there right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right. Let's keep it rolling. We talked about a bad Blazer game. Um, full disclosure, this show was supposed to be a celebration of Anthony Simon's fantastic January. Uh, I was going to do it on Sunday after the Bulls game, but they had one, Blazers had one more game, and they're playing a bad team, and Ant is really, he's just been balling. And I wanted to celebrate Ant. I wanted to, to do a whole kind of like, hey, this is one of the really special months in Blazer history quite frankly one of the be- one of the most productive months we've ever seen from a blazers player more on that in a moment this was a dud <laughs> he was awful against okc like he was bad lou dort put him in the torture chamber um darius bailey was just you know wreaking havoc on the backside. uh and goes three of 16 two of 12 and you know what and still had one of the best januaries in the history of the franchise straight up he absolutely did he absolutely did. Um, so we're still going to celebrate him a little bit because, uh, to borrow a term, we still got still got to give him his flowers. Um, coming into tonight, and a shout out to uh, Danny Morang of Locked uh, of, of Locked On Blazers. I don't I don't have a ghost. I'm certainly not him. Shout out to Danny Morang of, of Jack Ramsey's who put this stat on Twitter uh, that only two players in Blazers franchise history had ever had a month where they scored at least 24 points and had at least seven assists. And if and if Ant had had 22 and seven tonight, he would have continued those averages for a full month for a full 15 game set. Right? Like this would have been this would have been a chance for um, uh, the Blazers played 16 games. Ant played 15, but a full a full month of basketball. Uh, here's the thing, though. That's true. But no players in Blazers history, only two other players in Blazers history, rather, had ever had a month of averaging 23 and 6. So regardless of what Ant did tonight, it was going to be a historic month. Those only two players who've had 23 points and, and at least six assists, Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr., and Clyde Drexler. The two best players in the history of the franchise. If you're on a list that only includes Dame and Clyde, you did a good. <laughs> and Ant was great this month. Great. Among these months, among these sort of high-volume scoring and passing months in Blazers history, which uh, Dame and Clyde have both turned in several of them. Uh, this is those stats according to Stat Muse, Stat Muse, confirmed by me on Stat Muse, but first shared by Danny Morang of Jack Ramsey. Shout out to Danny. Um, of those months with 24 and uh, 24 and 6, or 23 and 6 rather, Nobody shot a higher percentage from three than Anthony Simons. Damian Lord has touched 40%. Ant shot 42.7%. And he was above 44% coming into the night until 
He missed 10 three-pointers against OKC. He had a had a straight-up bad night. This was a really special night. He's taken a leap. And if you've listened to this podcast regularly, you know that I've been a little, not hesitant to crown Ant, because I've said several times, like, he does superstar stuff. It's just... I wanted to be patient. I, I didn't want to say after two weeks and, you know, and, and uh, fueled a lot by a really, 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 really awesome game against the Hawks, his averages, at least early in the month, like, okay, this dude's it. Like, he, he's him, if you uh, follow LeBron James on Twitter. But, like, it's undeniable the leap he's taken. The passing has really has taken a step forward. The scoring has taken a step forward. To be on this volume, shooting 10 threes a game at 40 three percent that's superstar stuff to be averaging 23 and six with the defense on you that's superstar stuff this is what stars do Shea Gilgis Alexander pretty similar numbers here he was getting you know he was going to get votes for the all-star team if not outright make the all-star team on a bad Oklahoma City team and was kind of putting up those type of numbers um they're not super similar players because uh Shea's like silky and um gets to the gets like sort of sneaks his way to the rim a bunch and Ant is a is a pull-up jump shooter. But the production is there. And I think why I didn't want to overreact to some of the early games the same way I don't want to overreact to this OKC game. He sucked against against the Thunder. He was straight up bad, did not impact the game in a positive way by any means. Uh and against a really good and physical defender, Ant was taken out of what he wanted to do. Um you saw it against the Minnesota Timberwolves with Jared Vanderbilt, a really good and physical defender took Ant out of what he wanted to do. There are next steps Ant can make, but I don't want to move the goalposts. He went from a dude who had a terrible December and looked like, oh man, he's really just, he's kind of not putting it all together to a dude who has now put 15 consecutive games and a bunch of them as the head of the snake and the lead guy on the scouting report averaging 23 and six. Not too many guys do that. As good as CJ McCollum has been, he's never had a month like this. Um, CJ's never been asked to play point guard, quote unquote, for that long, but he doesn't have this type of production. He's, um, dude's a scorer and hasn't shown this growth that Ant has. Like Ant is show Ant this month and in January showed why he's special and why people are excited about what he can be. Um okay, like there are strides for him to make. I don't want to move the goalpost because you can see against really physical defenses, Toronto, Minnesota, tonight in OKC, these are, you know, OKC's like a slightly above average defense. I think they're 13th coming into the night. Um Ludor is a very good individual defender and a, and really good physical against like this type of player that Ant is, right? Like someone with um, still improving their handle who wants to, to who isn't going to like just physically overpower you, wants to beat you with quicks. Ludor is physical. He gets up in you. He takes away your airspace. He's good. And Ant struggled against that. Uh, and I want to say this, there is another step for Ant to take to be like a bona fide superstar, you know, capital S, camel caps in their superstar. Um, but he has taken the leap from to being NBA starter, good NBA starter, really good player to the point where you are nitpicking his bad nights as opposed to celebrating his good ones. Instead of instead of going crazy when he has 25 and 7 against the Rockets and say, "Let's go." The thing that stands out is a bad night against OKC because he has jumped over that threshold to being like, "Okay, you kind of expect him to go get 22 and 5. If he doesn't do that, then you start talking about, "Oh, Ant had an off night. Oh, he didn't shoot well. All, all these things." Like He's that good and still 15 games, still a small, still like not a giant sample in the great grand scheme of things, but undeniably fantastic this month and showing you how fantastic he can be going forward. I was a little slow to crown him. 
I'm probably not getting out my crown just yet, but I will say this. I have polished the crown. I got it sitting in the back. And whenever my man wants to get on the throne here in the next couple months, we'll be happy to give it to him because he's been balling and looks very, very special. So congrats to Aunt Simons on a wonderful freaking January. You were great. Even if it kind of went out with a dud. Aunt was awesome. And you see why the future is so bright with him. His first real chance was really special. What's next could be could be really something. He looks like he looks like a ball player. And if I wasn't saying it six games into this experiment, if I was saying, okay, it's five games, I'm saying it now at 15 games. He looks that special. So thanks to thanks to Ant for for having such a good month that instead of having 30 minutes on Anthony Simons this whole show, we still gave you a full segment because you were he deserved it. He was really, really good. Um I don't expect a player of the month coming if you're looking for that type of awards thing. Um sometimes your players are just good and they aren't rewarded in some formal way. Ant was just really good. He was really good. Um make no mistake. A, a, a really, really special month. Let's come back in the third segment and Jake Madison of Lockdown Pelicans is gonna join me. We're gonna talk about trades. Talk about trading the two guys in front of uh Ant on the depth chart. Norman Powell and CJ McCollum. What New Orleans might want from those trades and uh, from a trade like that and what the Blazers would get back in return. So join me there in the third segment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. There might be less football because there's only one game left. We're just down to the big game. But BetOnline.net has more odds and more lines on not just the NFL's final game, but all types of sports. So from scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is your number one spot for all things NFL through the final game and into the offseason, all all 2022 long. Not just football, BetOnline.net, Scott, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, odds and coverage on all. All of that. It's the best in the business. So from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one wagering destination. It's BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers close the show with a fun little interview. Jake Madison, the host of Locked on Pelicans, has been doing a bunch of shows about uh, trade targets, right? As the Pelicans are kind of in this realm where they want to make the play and prove they can be good without Zion, so Zion wants to stay and be good with them in the future. And he has his, Jake has his eye on a couple uh, Blazers targets, Norman Powell and CJ McCollum. So, so I brought him on the show and we talked about what those trades might look like. Joining me now, host of Locked on Pelicans. My friend and yours, Jake Madison. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about all of the Portland Trailblazer players that the <laughs> the Pelicans fans want to trade for. Hey, listen, you've been you've been cranking out. Uh, Jake does a great job with the uh, Lockdown Pelicans podcast. I shared it on my social medias today, so uh, check me out at Mike G. Rich if you want to hear his latest podcast about CJ McCollum. But he's been doing podcasts about Blazer guards for like a week straight. He did one earlier <laughs> last week about Norman Powell. Um, why let's just start here why are the pelicans why are pelicans fans and why are maybe you covetous of the blazers two guards so so one cj mccollum is a good player like let's just throw that out there right now like he's a good player teams should want a guy that's a good player on their team it's kind of sometimes it's as simple as that part of the reason i've talked about them a lot too though is at least from an outsider perspective it, it seems like they are ripe for change 
with Damian Lillard potentially being shut down for the season. We've heard some rumors of maybe he's happy, maybe he's not, though nothing's been public. You know, they had to let Neil Olshay go, and they brought someone in new who probably has a different perspective on maybe a guy like CJ and not right. doesn't value him at the same level as Damian Lillard. So when you kind of look at it like that, when you're looking for kind of realistic trade partners, and this is kind of what I do as a host, right? Like I'm not going to throw a trade out there for Jason Tatum because that's, that's just never going to happen. It does feel oh, though. You don't that, want listens, huh? You don't want, you don't want people to listen to your it's show. It's more, more the social media hate, I think, from the uh, Celtics fans coming yeah, after true, me. True. But like, it's so unrealistic, right? You just right. can't do something like that. But stuff with the Portland Trailblazers is probably realistic. So, you know, in a year where there's probably fewer sellers, they definitely feel like one or potentially one. So, yeah, I'm going to do a bunch of podcasts about their guys. <laughs> like on the court, though, they need what CJ and Norm have, right? They just need more offense. They lost yeah. a game tonight where they scored 90 points. If, if you look at their shooting over the past Look, there's flaws to see Jimmy McCollum, right? Like the, the over 30 thing's a bit of a concern. The 30 plus million dollars is a little bit of a concern. The lack of defense is a little bit of a concern. But as you just said, they played the Cleveland Cavaliers on Monday night and they scored 90 points. And I don't even think they had like 50 or they had 30 something at halftime. Like you're just not going to win very many games. They shot and I have, I have it in front of me here, six of 30 from three. And that's like one of their better shooting performances this month, which tells right. you a lot about what you, you might need. And CJ McCollum, is a very good three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And when you look at what he does kind of, you know, unassisted, right? He shoots, I, I, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it's like 66% of his threes are assisted. So 34% are unassisted. The Pelicans lead guy that does it, it's 25% unassisted. Sometimes you just need that dude that can get his own shot, is willing right. to shoot it, and more importantly, will make that. And that's something that New Orleans lacks. So that's why I think you're seeing them kind of link. There's a definite need for him. And it's a team that would be potentially willing to sell. There, you're not the only person, and I think fans aren't the only people. Uh, you know, two different reporters from Bleach Report, both Jake Fisher and Eric Pincus, have linked uh, CJ McCollum to the Pelicans, saying that they are, uh, I guess, covetous is my word of the day. But they, but they are after uh, CJ or, or interested in CJ. Um, I believe Shamstrani or someone with the Athletic also had the same thing that there was um, that there was interest there for sure. Um, regardless. People who cover the league at a national level are linking CJ McCollum to the Pelicans. I think you would prefer, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, are you a CJ over Norman Powell guy if you had to choose? Yeah, I think so. You know, again, I, I trust CJ more. You know, a change of scenery seems like maybe that'd be great for him, but it's a dude who can go out and give you 20 points on the night. You right. know, he assists pretty well too. Like he's not just a pure volume shooter or anything like that. He can move the ball, not quite a lead guard, but that's okay. They don't necessarily need that here. So I think, He's, I also think he's more gettable and a more reasonable target. I think there's certain guys I look at on this Portland Trailblazers team that like, no, they're not going to want to let those guys go. Some of the younger guys that are impressing right. that are kind of like stepping up and getting their opportunity more, right? Like Simons is you're not trading. Yeah, right. You're not going to trade for Amory Simons probably without giving no, up some that's real like, value. Yeah, like that's the guy they they like waited for that dude to develop or to have a guy kind of young guy that can score and compliment Damian Lillard a little bit. So you have that. So he's not going to go. You know, I, I look at Norm Powell. He's younger. He's got a lot of positional versatility. He gives you some defense, something that Trailblazers desperately need. I think they'd probably be more willing to let, you know, the over 30 guy go on a, on a big contract than the younger guy who doesn't make as much and, you know, gives you other things that you probably need more. 
Yeah, what you're, what Norm, the big difference between Norm and CJ is a little less off the dribble stuff, and he puts pressure on the rim in a way CJ McCollum doesn't. CJ McCollum's also mm-hmm. spent nearly 10 years in the league averaging 20 a game. Dude's a bucket. Dude's a bucket. Norm has yeah. does not have that uh, body of work. What people are asking, and now they're screaming into the, to the, to their whatever, earbuds or whatever they're listening, uh, like, what the hell is the package, Jake? Give us your pitch. What's your package? Look, it's it's not great. Like you're not getting you're, you're not going to get Brandon Ingram here. Great like I'm going to shoot start. that idea 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 right now. And some of your listeners came into my Twitter mentions earlier, and it was like, oh well, this better be a hell of a package for CJ McCollum. And look, I, I don't think they're going to give him away like some other people maybe think. But again, I don't know if that contract, some of the injury history too, is a concern there. That's going to drive his value down. I, I think it, like in theory it does, right? But all it takes is one kind of desperate team to drive that up. So I think what New Orleans would be looking to put together is, you know, a package around a bunch of picks, potentially three lottery protected first round picks, something along those lines. They have picks from the Lakers. They have picks from the Bucks. They have some of their own that they can potentially move to and get creative with and a whole bunch of second rounders. So the, the players are there more for salary. I think they'd be willing to include a guy like Josh Hart, who's on a pretty favorable deal and a guy that I'm very high on who's grown as a player this season. Like he's having his best year as a pro. And he, I think he gives uh, Portland a little bit of what they need too. He's yeah. kind of, if you're looking at the players, like the centerpiece of it. And then you just need enough players to kind of make the salary work. So it's going to be a guy like Tomas Sadoransky on a $10 million expiring. The dude sucks, but you've got to include him in there just to fill the salary, right? Yeah. I think they'd also be willing to include another young guy that maybe would work out, but they haven't really done it yet in the NBA. Those guys are always intriguing, right? In Jackson Hayes, who played really well against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who strung some really good games together, or maybe a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker if you're looking for you know another score-first guard or something along those lines. They're three years in. They haven't been good. Right. You know, they've barely been rotation guys, but they're young. Maybe, maybe you can salvage them. That's kind of the pitch here. But it's really the picks, right? And then what Portland would do with those picks to try and remake this roster, and potentially they kind of do what – the again outside of perspective right but maybe they try and do what like the warriors did which was that kind of one-year reset tank and come back next year healthy looking really good again yeah it's what my friend eric calls he's t- calling it a gap year the blazers are taking a gap year that's a good way to put uh, it they're just taking they're taking a, a year off from being a competitive basketball team and they're going to go back to it um so so let's say it's Josh Hart, Tomas Sadoransky, a former Mike G. Rich favorite, honestly. I swear to God, Tomas was a good what basketball player like two seasons ago, but now he's not. Unplayable. <laughs> um, uh, pretty much. And I am not a Jackson Hayes believer, but I think you ask for Hayes before uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, if you're the Blazers, because of yeah. just positionality, right? So if it's Hart, who I really, really like, I think he's a ball player. Like I think he's really good. Great rebounder yeah. has really grown as a passer. When I've watched him, um, he could play, he, he could play for yeah, this year. It's a season high in assist. They're using him as an off ball creator on the weak side. You swing the ball to him and it's not just shoot the three in the corner. It's Oh, see what the defense is doing and then play make off of that. And it's working. He's almost at five assists per game. Like the numbers are really good. Yeah. He could play. Uh, I like Josh Hart. I think like on its surface, Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky and Jackson Hayes, not sexy. If you get two firsts, lightly protected or whatever they might be, I think that gets the ball rolling. I will say this. Plenty of listeners here. Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes. I don't even know who Thomas Sadoransky is. Get the f*** out of here, you know? So I hear that. I hear that perspective. Um, I do think 
The interest in CJ McCollum will be very interesting because of the money left on his deal. Uh, two years and 60 million bucks. The age, uh, the position he plays, like he's just a two. Like he's just a two. He's a really good two, but he's just a two. Um, I wouldn't say no to this offer. That is where I will leave it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not banging. I'm not, <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm saying, I love it. Thank you. I'm going to call you back. Okay. Griff, stay on the line. Don't, don't uh, trade, don't trade Josh Hart he's without calling me back. He's got stuff he can do in like the meantime while, while he's on hold with you guys. Yeah. So, he used to like, own that. Appar- <laughs> he used to be like a part owner in that apparel company. So he's got stuff going on. He's got, he's, yeah. he's got plenty of, he's got plenty of things. So, I would say overall, I don't, I don't hate the trade. I can see where it would be underwhelming for some people, but I think if you get Josh Hart, who could play Jackson Hayes, who might be an NBA player, but I'm not a believer and just get off the money of, of Sadoransky and some picks, you're starting to get some traction here. So Jake, I, I kind of knew this was a deal. Cause I listened to the show. You, you all should too, dear listeners, <laughs> listen to locks on Pelicans. But, um, th- for me, this isn't the one, but this is a one. Like this is this. I put this in the category of absolutely considerate, um, even if I'm not smashing, even if I'm not you know banging down the league office doors to say go 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 go. Let's do it. Yeah, facts um, facts in the paperwork right now. I'll take that to my listeners too because sometimes they need like a dose of reality. They're they're really high on Josh Hart and wouldn't trade him for very many people right now. And look, he's really good and he's also like a fan favorite. It's just kind of like an awesome dude to have on your team. That's really fun. Like sometimes that's really nice. To like yeah. really like your guys, but yeah, like you put them in a deal for uh, for CJ McCollum. It's just the rest of that package is underwhelming, and I get it. It's those picks, and then hopefully what Portland does with them to use that either, gap year kind of to perfect yeah. it and and come out swinging next season. And you either have those picks to make selections in the future, or you have those picks to de- wheel and deal and try to sweeten this roster around Damian Lillard. Like it gives you more ammo, gives you more chances. A team low on assets. If you're trading CJ McCollum for two first round picks. I don't know that you're getting a better deal. You might get better players, but I don't know if you're getting a better deal. Jake, thank you so much uh, for hopping on here. Dear listeners, like I said, go listen to Lockdown Pelicans. Uh, once a week, Jake does a whole episode about trading for one of the Trailblazers. So I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that won't stop. Jake, thanks again, man. Thanks for having me on, Mike. That's it for today's show. We'll have more coming soon. we got another interview lined up later this week. We'll do a mailbag. Uh, it's free in five days a week make this show your first listen tell your friends to do the same available wherever you get podcasts and also on youtube just search lockdown blazers will be right there waiting for you appreciate you listening talk to you soon